0: Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. Even on the 4th of July, we have an Even Money show for you guys because we want to make sure no matter what you want to bet, no matter where you want to go today, you have new lessons to get to. He's the star of the show, Steve Fezzik, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. The only two-time winner, Super Bowl of professional football gambling. The Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter, Instagram. Hopefully you do to follow me. We're getting closer and closer to football season, which means food season, tailgating season, press box food season. And you can also follow me on Facebook if you'd like. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. A lot to get to today. Uh, I want to get into, Steve, with you some NBA stuff, some World Cup stuff. I've got a question for you. And then also uh, we want to discuss AFC South stuff. We might even have a listener question today as well. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to, which is absolutely awesome. I should add, by the way, if you ever want to ask Steve a question or me or whatever, just send an email. To ross at rosstucker dot com after you 've taken advantage of any of our sponsors over on the sponsor page at rosstucker dot com or even if you just go to uh, the homepage at rosstucker dot com and go to the amazon banner ads you click on those it takes you to a landing page make sure anytime you 're buying anything from Amazon that you need to buy anyway that you click on that landing page and boom it it sends you right to make the order and then we get a little something something and you can forward that to me and Ask Steve a question. So that's the deal. Let's roll. Steve, let's start with the NBA because I've seen some of the odds for next year now that the Golden State Warriors have gotten Boogie Cousins. And it's like a joke. I mean, the, I, mean I, I think we all assume that the Warriors are going to win. Is there any value in putting the money on them anyway? Because we all know they're going to win.
1: No. In in a nutshell, and here's why. Historically, the Jordan teams, the six ring teams, were at the beginning of each year right around even money at most to win the title. It is hard for me to believe, and the current odds vary around town, but they're right around minus 200. So you've got to bet 200 to win 100 on Golden State. So As obvious as it seems that Golden State is going to win it all, it's hard for me to believe, Ross that they're going to go up to minus 250 or minus 300. So let's wait. Let's see how Boogie plays when he comes back, likely in January. I still think you're going to be able to get minus 200. And if they're looking good and trekking along and Boogie looks good, then you can lay to minus 230, I think.
0: Okay. Now, I mean – and 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 that would still be something that you would do
1: it's something i would consider doing if the certainly if the entire team was healthy right before the playoffs they would be power-rated with a number 1 seed so much higher i can't see how anybody can beat them
0: so there's no what what are they at again right now steve
1: they are minus 200 right now to win the title
0: okay and you're saying You'd rather wait and make sure Boogie is healthy and everybody's healthy later in the season and even pay, even put down $30 more just because, but you'd have the certainty that he's recovered and that they're all healthy.
1: Exactly. Because really, what this handicap is is that if the big five now are all healthy and Boogie is meshing effectively with his teammates. This is going to be just an absolute juggernaut of a team. But who knows what happens? We saw Clay Thompson, Durant, um, and Steph all go down with injuries mid-year last year. I mean, that could happen at the end of this year, coming year. And that certainly would change all the odds. Is
0: there anybody else? I mean, you look at the odds for the Lakers, Sixers, any of the other teams. Is there, is there anything else? NBA wise worth talking about or somewhere where you think, you know what? I do think there's actually some value there.
1: No, because you look at Houston and LA and they're both right around six to one and eight to one. And I think frankly, you're going to, if you just waited till the playoffs and you bet those teams, I, I think that right now if golden state played the Lakers I think you might well get 6-1 to one on the Lakers just to win that one series. So there's no reason to bet them right now.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That makes sense. So even if you think that maybe there's a chance that they could do it, you can get the same odds for them just to win a series rather than winning the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and let's look at Boston. They're 6-1 to one to win it all. It is not out of the realm of possibilities that Boston – could make the NBA Finals, and your 6-1 to one bet hasn't won you anything because they're still getting 6-1. to one.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, that makes sense. So I am curious, though, how much movement has there been in some of these lines? You know, LeBron, what, I mean, do you know what the Lakers were before they got LeBron, and do you know what the Warriors were before they got Boogie Cousins?
1: Yeah, you could have gotten the Lakers at fifteen to one um, a good week before the they actually acquired LeBron when the the rumor started to flow that the Lakers who were in the mix but they were an under big underdog to get them. Um, so that was the best value that you could with the Lakers and Golden State was actually I'm kicking myself for not betting this plus one twenty plus one twenty not minus two hundred. So bet 100 to win 120 just prior to them locking up Durant um, with a new contract.
0: Okay, what what do you think Kawhi Leonard would do if he went to the Sixers or the
1: Celtics or the Lakers? How would he yeah, change
0: he, any of these odds, do you think?
1: He's probably, um, he's certainly one of the best four players in the NBA, and that would make a substantial change i mean one problem with the lakers is they'd have to jettison so much young talent to fit his contract in but um that would immediately vault that team to the number two clear-cut number two team but still obviously way 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 behind golden state
0: so even with him still way behind golden state all right is there anything else nba wise to discuss
1: you know, with Boogie not coming back till January, it's going to be very interesting to see what the season win number that Golden State is. You know, the ESPN analysts love to have fun with stuff. They're already talking about the NBA record of 73 wins and is it in jeopardy? And I can tell you, if I if I was setting the season win number for Golden State, I'd go a whole lot lower. I'd go somewhere in the 67 range because they just got sent a message that they don't even need the number one seed and they were able to win the title, I think this is a team that you might get an inflated season win number and play under a 68, something like that, because I don't think that they're going to do anything but coast along like they did this year and stay healthy.
0: So, okay, so what's the number set at right now?
1: No one has stuck their neck out and put a number out yet.
0: Oh, okay, because I was going to say, um I, I'm assuming the numbers gonna be high and that maybe maybe the under's the way to go.
1: Oh, I would think so, and just to talk about motivation and how much Golden State coasted last year. They only outscored opponents by six and a half points per game. This is amazing, Ross. Five of those six and a half point differential occurred in the third quarter. In other in other words, Golden State basically rolled the ball out and didn't play hard the first half of most of their games. At halftime, the game was competitive, and they said, "All right, we'll turn the switch on and make sure we win this game." And it just goes to show how um, maybe they were eighty-five percent each and every night to start the game.
0: Right, that's a good point, and I and I and I like like you said, I would imagine that that will end up being similar this year. I mean, they're to the point now that one year, Steve, they went, they did. The one year they haven't won it the last three, four years is the year that they set the record for wins in the regular season, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, there's a a valuable lesson to be learned. And you know this, Ross, playing a 16-game schedule, the last thing you want to do is to go into the playoffs all banged up and tired. I mean, I know everybody is is injured to some extent, well, hurt at the end of the year and all banged up. But if you can just have a couple breathers and coast a little bit in the last couple games and in the NBA the last couple weeks. That's a huge advantage versus having to bring it each and every night.
0: Yeah, I think that's 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 well said. I know you're not a big soccer guy, Steve, and I'm not really either. I, I am curious, though, because I've been reading different people that have been betting the over or the under on these things or certain guys to score or not score – are, is there anything you know now that we're into the quarterfinals? A lot of people are talking about it. There's you know, eight teams left. Is there anything you know or a, a rule of thumb, if you will, as it relates to the World Cup and some no-nos or some, hey, if you really want to bet the World Cup, this is what you should think about?
1: Yes. And let me emphasize, as you know, I'm not a soccer handicapper, but basic strategy you want to try to play the two-way line instead of the three-way line. You want to bet on which team is going to advance instead of betting the, what's called the three-way line where there's one team wins, the other team wins, or there is a draw. And the draw means, you know, the game winds up in a tie in regulation time. And then whatever happens afterwards determines who advances and turns out draws happen quite often. So it is very perilous to take a team like England to win outright versus taking England to just advance on penalty kicks, etc. In terms of the distribution of the scoring, it's fascinating how much more scoring occurs later in the game. Basic strategies when, when two teams are tied, look to play live under because both teams are more cautious. As soon as there is a lead, all heck breaks loose because as the game progresses deep, soccer where it's impossible to score, suddenly goals start happening over and over because you bring all of your defensemen forward in a desperate attempt to get a goal, and it leaves you wide open to a counterattack. And because of that, you see so many goals in the final minutes and in um, in a soccer match because of that dynamic.
0: It's, you know, when I watch, it almost looks like it's like moving chess pieces at times. It's, it's really... It's it's a unique sport. I I like it. I actually like the penalty kick part of it. I think it makes it exciting, you know, when it gets to penalty kicks. I'm not sure it's the the most fair or equitable way to do it, but um I certainly like watching it. I also like talking NFL. So we did some NBA, we did some World Cup. Now I want to get to some AFC South with you. Now we've done your your initial top 10 power ratings. And I kind of gave you some feedback on how I thought about that. I wanted to get into the AFC South. And it's interesting, Steve, because we're going to look at every division and get your rankings for the division. And I'll give you my feedback, and we'll discuss some of the potential concerns or places to bet for those things. But you you wanted to start with, with the AFC South. Why is that?
1: It's the one division I have the strongest opinions on. And Ross, I did want to ask you one question on soccer. Can I have a minute to fix and improve the game of soccer that's been around for thousands of years by changing the rules?
0: Sure, go for it.
1: All right. And the purists are going to hate this, but I would come over the top and say, if these had always been the rules in soccer and they changed them to the current rules, there would be an outcry. Number one, the penalty kick is way too close to the goal. A good 12-year-old soccer player can score half the time from that distance against a world-class goalie. You've got to move the penalty kick back because it's too easy to score in a game that's impossible to score. And here's the revolutionary rule change that would fix soccer, in my opinion. Let the goalie use his hands, but don't let him catch the ball. If he catches the ball, it's a corner kick for the other team. Similar to hockey, if the goaltender catches the puck, then there's a face-off in your end. It's a disadvantage too much action stops when the goalkeeper catches the ball. And why should it be allowed to catch the ball in the game? You can't use your arms, all the other players. That would make soccer so much more exciting. I really think that long-term, that would be a huge improvement.
0: Wow. Yeah, and I, I know the purists won't like it too, but I, I like the idea of improving sports. Absolutely. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. I, I like that idea. And you can catch it. Just like a goal, a hockey goalie can catch it, but if you do, then you should be able to you know you get a corner kick out of it. That makes sense to me.
1: And corner kicks are exciting, just like face offs in your zone are exciting. It, it just would improve the game. and like I said, um, most professional sports have done a great job of changing the rules. Soccer, or they're a bunch of dinosaurs. They won't even tell you how much time's left during extension time, which to me is just absolute craziness.
0: Well, that, that is so ripe for potential scandal. And, and you know, that, that is really shady. That, that the guy, that one guy on the field can basically decide when to stop it. And it's arbitrary. Like he can stop it whenever he wants. I think that they should know exactly how much stoppage time there is, and they should put it on the board. And you know, there's there's six minutes and fifteen seconds of stoppage time, and then that's what they're doing. That that to me is is ripe for, you know. And maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference, but you just say to the ref, hey, if this team's down, a little extra. Little well, extra stoppage time. I Man, what game was I watching yesterday? The guy, the Columbia guy, scored the ninety third minute, ninety third minute in a ninety minute game. So and Belgium I like Belgium did the those.
1: same thing, scoring with the, with time virtually expiring against Japan.
0: By the way, before I forget, Steve, I I don't know if you saw this, but the Big Ten had a report. Speaking of, um you know, potential scandal or potential. Nefarious activity. I saw where the Big Ten has said, look, if we're gonna have legalized gambling in the United States and a lot of these states, we need to issue injury reports because now you're gonna have college football players who they might have classmates or whoever that are betting on their games. And they might see them walk in the walk in the class with crutches or whatever. And that's information that they have that other people don't have. And, you know, there, there's just there's the potential there for abuse. And they, they think it should be NFL-style injury reporting. Not that the NFL, like, you exactly know the deals with everybody, but that's the idea.
1: Oh, it makes a whole lot of sense. And with college sports being such big business, I can tell you that that is a headache that many folks face in uh, collegiate sports it is not unusual that out of nowhere someone can be listening to a pregame show and i know guys that know the announcers and they'll be like hey you know the uh uh, the twins up in reno aren't playing tonight and word spreads and it makes a huge difference in the in the point spread obviously
0: yeah I, i bet all right let's get into the afc south who's your top team
1: have Jacksonville rated as my top team, but I still only have Jacksonville rated as the ninth best team overall. Their season win is slightly above nine and meaning I can go under nine at even money and I prefer the under. I think that the problem with Jacksonville, if you just look at their stats, stats look fantastic. So they dominated the line of scrimmage, got the great lines, um Average 5.4 yards per play. That's good, but their defense, exceptional, only gave up 4.6. But here's the problem, Ross. Cupcake division last year. Andrew Luck sits out. Um, Watson goes out for Houston, so they benefit from that. They're 3-13, and 13, and they jump to 10-6. and six. Whenever you see a team jump seven wins like that, it's not unusual that regression to the mean kicks in, and they come back down to earth. And also Jacksonville, number one in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage, almost 70%. So New England and Philadelphia were right around 63%. Somehow, Blake Bortles and company, seven out of ten times when they hit the red zone, they scored touchdowns. That is unsustainable. Jacksonville comes back to the pack.
0: So they're your top-ranked team in the AFC South, but you like the under for nine wins?
1: Correct, because I can see all these teams hovering right around 8, 7, and 1, frankly.
0: Okay. All right, I'll buy that. Let's then get to your second team.
1: Second team is Houston. I have them as my number 14 team. Their season win is 8.5. You have to pay a little extra vig on the over. Houston has the highest variance of any of these teams. I'm actually thinking if you're going to bet a future... You might consider Houston 20-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I normally don't recommend Futures, but if Watson comes back healthy, the quarterback, that is it, such a better team. And remember, all those in, injuries, if they can get Watt and Merciless and Clowney all healthy, that defense is going to go from below average to an exceptional defense. So a lot of variability with Houston. Ross, what do you think about taking a flyer on Houston to win the Super Bowl?
0: Wow, um, I don't love it because they're they're they have the worst O line in the league. I, I mean, I I think if you're going to look for a team that has some similarities to Philadelphia, yeah, you know, you'd have a second year quarterback that has a lot of upside. They've got the horses on the D line, and and they have a, a a very winnable division. So they've got a lot of the same things that the Eagles had last year. And the Eagles, somebody told me they, they had the 16th best odds to win the Super Bowl at the start of the season last year. 16th best. That's that's where the NFL is so different from the NBA. I mean, that, that would never happen in the NBA and highly likely unlikely in baseball. But yet in the NFL it can happen where a team with the 16th best odds wins. I don't know where the Texans' odds are right now. I guess it's possible, Steve, if – the o line really comes together but the combination of bad o line and watson you know with people having more experience now watching him play and off the injury that 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 concerns me but they might be one of the good teams to take what are their super bowl odds right now
1: 20 to 1
0: and i think that's what the eagles were last year right
1: you actually could have gotten the eagles 35 to 1
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, but, I, you know, the biggest difference between the Eagles and the Texans is was Eagles had like one of the two or three best O-lines. The Texans, I think, probably have the worst. So if their O-line comes together, yeah, then maybe.
1: Number three team in the AFC South, we're going to go uh, Tennessee Titans. Their season win is eight. And, frankly, I think this is a team I'm looking to fade and bet against the – Book on, on the Titans was that Mariota was going to lead them to the promised land. And the injuries are really stacking up with them. 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions last year. Frankly, statistically, they're a very mediocre team. But, and here's my biggest problem with Tennessee, Ross. They got outscored last year by about 25 points. But they got three easy wins against the backup quarterbacks in their, in their division, they got annihilated by Houston when Houston had Watson, but I think it was Savage was playing for them, and they won the game without Watson. In the two games against Luck, they beat Indianapolis, and both games were actually very close games. There was a Monday night game. They won by 14 when Derrick Henry ran the ball like 70 yards on the final play, but they could have actually lost that game. So they struggled twice against um, Brissette, and now that the quarterbacks in their division are back, if you take out those three wins against the scrub quarterbacks in their division, they really were only a six and seven team that got out scored by fifty points. I'm going under eight wins, Tennessee Titans
0: and I've talked to other people, especially people in the fa- I actually talked to John Hansen, the fantasy guru on the fantasy feast podcast this morning, and he really likes the Titans. He really thinks that there's a big upgrade on offense. Moving on from Malarkey and Terry Rubisky and bringing in Matt Lafleur from the Rams, he likes Vrabel as a head coach. He really likes Mariota, so that's interesting. He, you, you guys are kind of on the opposite side of the Titans. And then lastly, the Colts. I mean, i, I don't know how, I don't know how you put any bets. I mean, i I can see the Deshaun Watson, but. Uh, I think that's a tough team to bet because of his injury, I think the Colts are a really tough team to bet.
1: Yeah, one more point on, on the Titans. The fact that they went 5-1 and one in division, I love fading teams that aren't dominant teams that somehow went 5-1. and one. And I did want to ask you real quick, Ross, how much of a memory does an NFL player have when the, he goes into the next year and you get beat twice by an opponent in division? Is that something that you actually... You know, go ahead and focus on, or is there just so many games? It's not as big a deal.
0: I I, I think it's so many games, it's not as not as big. I mean, the coaches emphasize division games, but I I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I always felt like they were all important. You know. <laughs>
1: Fair enough, and, and some would argue that Buffalo seemingly always has double revenge against the Patriots, and it doesn't matter. They're 3-28 against Tom Brady. Um, going back to the Indianapolis Colts, you know, I really like the Colts. I bet big on the Colts over six wins and over six and a half to, a, to some extent. I bet them big against the Bengals at minus one and pick them week one, and here's my logic. I don't need Andrew Luck to be healthy. I just need the dude to be under center when week one starts at home against the Bengals. Because if he is, and I'm confident that even if he isn't 100%, as long as he's behind center, all the odds are going to change on the Colts. And the reason being, let me ask you, Ross, when was the last time you saw a top NFL quarterback be with a team that did not have a season win number of at least seven and a half much much less six-and-a-half for any NFL team. Can you recall any situation that that has occurred?
0: No, and to your point also, I feel like as long as he's out there, if he's out there, then he can throw the ball well enough to be out there. And so I, 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 what I'm saying is even if he doesn't have quite the arm that he used to, even if he's not what he used to be, if he's out there and his arm is 75%, I think he's smart enough that he can figure it out and still make plays and still move the team up and down the field. Maybe it's more dink and dunk, you know, Maybe he doesn't have quite the arm, but I think he can still figure it out to the point where the team will get competent quarterback play and have some success.
1: And in terms of the play calling and the intangibles, that certainly can be huge. Of course, the best example of that is when the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, if you looked at his underlying stats and his arm strength, they were horrendous, and he looked like a bottom-tier NFL quarterback, but yet the results on the field were so much better. And almost the first time he came back in and replaced the ostrich, Osweiler, first couple handoffs, bang, 13 yards, 11 yards, because of the reaction of the O line and the entire team to having him back behind center, putting him in the right them in the right play calls,
0: Exactly correct. I, I like this, Steve. I like going division by division. We'll continue to do this the next few weeks. I'm also going to sprinkle in some higher level sports betting questions with, with for you. I want to ask you about parlays. Uh, I think we got an email question that we'll get to next week as well. So we'll have some cool things over the next few weeks to get into, which will be really, really cool. I'm glad I asked you about the Big Ten injury report thing. I mean, they're going to have to come up with something because that is, that is ripe in my mind for uh, some inappropriate behavior and for someone to try to take advantage of that. So they're going to have to have some type of injury reporting in college. It's interesting, Steve, because – Like Penn State, James Franklin, I live here in central Pennsylvania, he never says anything about any player's injury. Like, nothing. You never, unless the guy is definitely done for the year, and sometimes he doesn't even tell you that, but you get nothing. And what's crazy is, like, I know people that are up at Penn State, and so I'll find out injury information sometimes, and... You know, theoretically, if it was valuable enough, could use that to my advantage.
1: And if you ever should happen to get a key injury update like that, feel free to drop me a text, absolutely. Let's face it, sports, now that it's becoming legal in all these different states, the value of that information has just gone up dramatically across the board, having that good information. It's July 4th, Ross. There are updates coming in, weather updates Here um, for the Fourth of July hot dog eating contest, where Joey Chestnut is a minus seven hundred favorite against the field. You got to bet seven dollars to win a dollar on the All American Hero, Joey Chestnut. Over under on hot dogs consumed seventy and a half. Money was coming in big time on the over, but now there's concerns because apparently, with high heat, competitive eaters can struggle to set their personal highs. So that's
0: unbelievable. Um, did you put money down, Steve? Did you have one?
1: I am considering, because of the weather report, playing under against all the money that's been bet up on the over. Last year, Chestnut opened 68.5. Dogs consumed 72. And the books got buried by Joey's gluttony on July 4th.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. What if? So let's just say I did text you that injury information or whatever. You know, if you bet a certain amount, like, I don't know, if you bet a certain amount and it came through, would you get flagged? And would they say, you know, why did you bet a lot more on that Penn State game than you normally do?
1: No, and that's a great question. Here's how um, their sport, there have been scandals in sports betting. This wouldn't be a scandal. This would just be information. But here's how... I shouldn't really lay this out, but I will almost every cheating scandal in terms of point shaving and problems in collegiate sports occurs the same way. And what happens is that, and this happened with the Arizona state um, point shaving um, here in Las Vegas, dudes show up in town that no one has ever seen. They've never bet a game before. No one even knows who they are and they're walking and putting bets down book to book, asking for maximum bets, and no one has ever heard of these guys or seen these guys betting. That is where the red flag goes up. So a bunch of guys with Sun Devil um, shirts on are walking from book to book, you know, driving around with Arizona license plates, betting against Arizona State. It's just so obvious that something is amiss, as opposed to um, a guy who's a professional gambler who's been betting for years His bet, his action will be respected, but when he comes up and he's betting big on something, that's something that's usual and not out of the norm and wouldn't get any red flags at all.
0: That'll do it for today's Even Money podcast. How about RT Media? I'm proud of us. Even on 4th of July, we still have a new Ross Tucker football podcast with Andrew Brandt going over all the suspensions, talking NBA versus NFL. We still have a new fantasy feast where I was joined by the guru, John Hansen, which was absolutely awesome. The guy has been a fantasy football analyst for 20 years, over 20 years, which is incredible. Almost as incredible as those of you that rate and review this show. It takes like 10 seconds, dudes, and it really helps us out a lot, especially now that sports betting is being legalized. We really appreciate everybody, even if you just prove that you rated and reviewed the show and send me a question, I'll ask it to Steve. How about that? You don't even need to take advantage of a sponsor. Just rate and review the show, take a a screenshot of it, forward it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and then boom, I will ask Steve your question, whatever it may be, and hopefully, obviously, a lot of you are already subscribed to the show. Other than that, good luck, everybody. I think we're done here. Good luck. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.